Welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast with IT leaders who are driving the future of a software-defined infrastructure-based data center. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and wherever you are in the world. My name is Jake Smith, and I'm joined today on Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud with a founder of Nuba, Yuval Dimnik. Yuval, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about the company that you founded and how you created it. First of all, guys, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. I've been an avid listener, so uh, I'm glad to have, to have this opportunity. So Nuba actually started about 2014, but was an idea that was going around in our head starting in 2012. But fast forward to today, everything as we see it is a resource, cloud, on-prem. And what we're basically trying to do today is enable large enterprises to span their infrastructure across anything the borderless data center or the borderless cloud. So um, let's talk a little bit about the borderless cloud and what hybrid and multi-cloud means. Uh, Nuba has got a, a very unique solution. So why did you target the idea of a multi-cloud or that distributed cloud environment? When we embarked on the journey and we started to talk with large enterprises, what, what we found out was that large enterprises wake up one day into a reality of hybrid and multi-cloud. They seldom plan it, they seldom strategize around it. In many cases, penetrated as a bit of a shadow IT. You had this department with a project, they had put it fast, they didn't have the budget, they didn't have the resources, the IT department said you can't have it, and they just went and bought some stuff on the cloud and started using it. And the organization just found out that they're using the cloud in this and another project. Now, think about that environment as well in an environment where I have a cognitive service. So, for example, you tell me, you're going to use AWS. Okay, but there's a cognitive service I want to use at Azure. Am I just going to sit here and frustrate them? Am I just going to buy it? And once I bought it, this is the reality of the organization. And what we wanted to do is accommodate to that reality. We say that planning is great, but then comes life. That is true both for the environment that you operate in, for the tools that you're using, for the strategies that you form, and then comes life. So specifically for us, due to our experience, we are, I would say, very focused around unstructured data. We are all about large capacity, uh, bandwidth, scalability, scale out, et cetera, et cetera. I'm less of the storage guys who's trying to beat the record around uh, latency and or trying to get the smallest variance around latency. That's not what my speciality is. And, and in that area of unstructured data that is growing, you see more and more data silos in large organizations, and the pain is becoming simply a great challenge because, okay, I have a petabyte here and I have a petabyte here there. How do I consolidate them? How do I make the applications aware of them? How do I manage that from a security, from management, from backup, from regulation perspective? All these questions are becoming more and more a reality. And we're trying basically to provide a tool that provides those enterprises some tool that they can cope with that problem. So talk a little bit about active-active data access. And what do you mean by data superposition? Very interesting concept. So you see in companies like Oracle buying Ravelo systems that allows you to move VMs and workloads around from one side to another. And you see these cooperations between Google and Cisco where they are going to create stretch clusters of Kubernetes. Basically, you're going to have some containers on-prem, some containers on the cloud, and you can move them freely around. This is what you mean by borderless data. Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, the question is, if I've created this stretch cluster of Kubernetes across my on-prem and cloud for various reasons, could be bursting, 
could be efficiency, it could be that I need some GPUs for AI, it could be something else. What happens with the data? Am I going to access my data repository on-prem? Am I going to do it all on the cloud and pay egress costs? Am I going to sacrifice and make some inferior solution simply because I made a strategy? Or am I going to stretch the data across? And when I say superposition, I mean that the same data will reside in both sites, but not in terms of replicating the data, because when you replicate the data, usually it's one side is, is not accessible or read-only. And if you copy data, then you have a different copy of the data. So it has different metadata, different creation time, et cetera, et cetera. I'm talking about the same data stretched across both of these. And in order to do that, you have to have some mechanism that runs on top of both infrastructures, both cloud and on-prem, that the enterprise manage and allows them to do that. So that's part of the borderless data containers that we're trying to build around it. You know, as a hardware company, Intel often hears that we love all your products, Intel, but how can you help us manage data? It sounds like Nuba is really driving changes in the industry. Can you talk a little bit about how you're driving those changes, you know, storage virtualization versus a data platform or fabric? You talked a little bit about it, but could you go a little deeper? From my personal perspective, data platform is the future, and that's where we're heading. And the traits that I would give a data platform is that a data platform, first of all, acts as something that you can read and write data. But uh, unlike a classic storage solution, data platforms are much more agile and flexible. That is, they can use different resources, be them cloud or on-prem. They can move around. So you might be starting with your data platform on-prem and then stretching it to the cloud, running it like a stretch cluster. Maybe the next day you're going all cloud and vice versa. And you're doing all that within the same platform without having to do migration project, uh, changing your APIs and all these, which are basically killers to projects and killers to innovation. The reality is that enterprises, both from a competitive perspective, geopolitical perspective, et cetera, et cetera, they have to act much, much faster. So it's not like, you know, uh, maybe 30 years ago where enterprises, large enterprises would say, well, this is what we're using. So let's take the example that was happening 30 years ago and try to apply it to today. I think that an enterprise that would say, well, we are an AWS shop and this is what we're going to use and this is where we're going. And now the Azure provides some capability that you need to leverage. I think that from a competitive perspective, it will be in many ways irresponsible not to be able to adopt to that. And the question is, how do you adopt to that? And again, it's not by buying into the myriad of services that the single cloud provider, but actually building a strategy with supporting tools such as Nuba that enable you to adopt and change. Uh, I think that one of the greatest examples is GDPR. GDPR as the regulation by the European Union. Customers who are serving European customers, they might be U.S. companies or Asian companies, are suddenly have to abide to European regulation. And the European regulation suddenly forces them to change data location management because they have some concerns with and trust issues between the European Union and the U.S. government on personal data. And you have to control specific location and how you control data and how you move it around, etc. If you are operating in a monolithic area where you're saying, okay, all my data is on AWS in this and this region, what happens when you have to make those changes? This is not a change that the enterprise chose. This is something that was forced on them. And suddenly they have to class which data is part of European citizens, 
move it to European processors, as it's called, which is basically cloud uh, or data centers in specifically within Europe, encrypt the data and manage all those things. And again, if you are not flexible enough, you simply cannot compete in such a market, which has those changes coming more and more frequently compared to the past. Well, that's very true. Um, can you talk a little bit about the relationship with Intel and why Nuva chose to work with Intel versus other silicon vendors in the world? So first of all, by nature of our platform, we defined it as that it can span any resource that is either cloud resource, being cloud service, such as uh, AWS S3 or Azure Blob, or x86 servers. x86 servers are basically are everywhere. They are reliable. You can always trust the libraries to act the same. And from our perspective, this allows for great flexibility because once we basically aligned with this platform, it allows us to act very fast because we know that the next chip design or whatever would have backward compatibility and we can always run on it. And it allows us to always progress very fast without having to test any new platform uh, to changes. Naturally, we test it, but we never see changes, and that's uh, expected. Specifically within uh, Intel Storage Builders, I would say this is a great initiative. Intel does a lot in the storage market in terms of bringing vendors together, doing uh, roundtables and forums around how we see the market, how Intel roadmap is going to help us in that market. And basically, this is a great opportunity both to, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a fairly small industry, and this forum is a great opportunity for uh, competition. Naturally, there might be some competitors around the table, but it's always valuable to change views, to talk about uh, new ideas, to talk about innovation, talk about trends. And, and you might not agree with everybody, but the fact that you have the discussion and those discussions are very challenging is a great tool both to focus the product and to think about new ideas and innovation into the future. Specifically with Intel Storage Builders, I would say we had a great opportunity to have a, an early access to Intel tools, libraries, uh, and chips. And without the Intel Storage Builders Forum and specifically the construction zone, Intel Builders Construction Zone, we would not have that opportunity. And what we're using that is to fine-tune our products to the future, if you'd like. Yeah, well, that's, those are very kind words, and thank you. Our teams work really, really hard to build great libraries and work with great partners like Nuba. Um, just for our listeners, where can they find out more information about Nuba, your products, and borderless VMs? Nuba.com, that's N-O-O-B-A-A.com. That's our website. There is a lot of material there that customers can read, but I'm a strong believer in tinkering, so you can simply download our product, Install it either on-prem or the VM. We are available on all the big cloud marketplaces. So we are available in Azure and Azure Stack Marketplace. We're available in AWS Marketplace, Alibaba Marketplace, etc. You can simply spin up a machine. And I would say that you should be able to set up a platform within, if you have some technical abilities, it will take you five minutes. If you're a bit slower, it will take you maybe 15 minutes. That is what customers should do. They should adopt new tools and find ways because that will open new opportunities. And we want to be an enabler to that future. Thank you very much, Yuval. My name is Jake Smith from Intel. This has been Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud. On behalf of us, I wish you a good evening, a good afternoon, or a good morning, wherever you may be listening to our show. Mm-hmm.